Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's hard to tell where the top story of the day is. Is it the fact that Joe Biden is willing to commit 8,500 troops and possibly more, possibly more to Eastern Europe? Because Russia will invade Ukraine? Is this now our job? The guy who told us we were done with endless wars and left Americans to die in Afghanistan now committing us to more endless wars? I want to provide some facts on these preparations that will reinforce our commitment to NATO and to the NATO response force and increase our readiness. Secretary Austin has placed a range of units in the United States on a heightened preparedness to deploy, which increases our readiness to provide forces if NATO should activate the NRF or if other situations develop. All told, the number of forces that the Secretary has placed on heightened alert uh, comes up to about 8,500 personnel. But we know that the White House, at least the Pentagon, I should say, has discussed what happens if they need to up that. Because that number was 5,000, and they were discussing what happens if they need to up it to 50,000. And they have those preparations. Well, I assume they prepare for all the contingencies, unless, of course, they're dealing with an evacuation from Afghanistan, in which case they just leave Americans to die, and that's that. You have the Canadians now joining the Brits and the U.S. and others saying, hey, get out of the country, get out of Ukraine, and we already know we're going to leave Americans behind, depending on when Russia makes their move. And you can argue whether that's the top story of the day. Or is the top story of the day, the Federal Reserve, looking to build interest rates higher 2% or more? They're the ones who said there are going to be rate hikes. Now you've got people talking about four rate hikes in 2022. What would make you think they're just a quarter percent each? An eighth of a percent. Oh, no, 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 no. Think half percent there, big dog. Come on, big chief. We're going to see... A jump in interest rates, which is going to lead a jump into 30-year fixed mortgage rates, which is going to end the housing market altogether. The only good side is that all those people who thought they'd have the cash to be able to do those home projects, well, that'll be all gone. So if you have the cash, you're going to be able to find people again. It's not actually good news, really. Because the inflation won't go away, so you'll find the people, but you'll still be paying more for the materials. Or is the news of the day this? Single adult illegal immigrants being released into the United States. These are grown men. Large numbers, as Fox News is doing the reporting, of single adult illegal immigrants being released and transported into the U.S. via a small unmarked office in a parking lot. Fox News has the footage. Several federally contracted buses dropping off dozens of mostly male migrants at a parking garage in Brownsville, Texas. Black tarps set up with a makeshift sign that said Border Patrol drop off above it. The men go into a small unmarked office, reemerge moments later as multiple taxicabs show up to collect the migrants who are shuttled off to nearby Harlingen Airport. No children, no families, just grown men. Now, I've said this before, for example, about Afghanistan. You tell me whether or not we should take women and children from Afghanistan, I say yes. 
Absolutely and without question. You ask me whether we should take the people who helped U.S. troops. I say to you, yes, absolutely, without question. You ask me if we should take grown men from the from Afghanistan and allow them to live in the United States. The answer is no, of course not. What are you, nuts? Go fight for your country. That's the deal. Oh, am I uncaring? Am I unloving? Am I unkind? Get bent. You don't allow people who can defend themselves to simply waltz in. It is not incumbent upon the United States to pay for them. It's not incumbent upon the United States to provide for them. It is actually a massive disservice to the nation because Mexico, Honduras, Colombia, El Salvador will all be better, Nicaragua will all be better when these men work to build out a better nation for themselves not come to the United States and just be able to live this life by taking, and you know that there's taking, this is part of the problem. It was, I think, was it Milton Friedman? Or was it, no, it had to be Milton Friedman. It wasn't Hayek. It was Milton Friedman who's discussed, you know, you could have open borders if you didn't pay for anything. Of course, I disagree with that, although I agree with Milton Friedman on a tremendous number of things. You can't just have open borders, no, can you? You can't just do it. You got to have rules because you got to know who you're letting into the country. But his argument was as long as Americans weren't paying, they can handle many things. Well, they're paying. And they shouldn't have to handle this from people who can go about creating a life, life for themselves. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. That's the number. 833-468-8669. I don't know which one's the top story of the day. I don't know which one you want to get into first. I don't know which battle you want to have maybe we should all just be thankful that the covid is not a top story of the day oh wait there's a new variant there's a new there's a new covid uh variant uh all right well, I'll, I'll play the warning sure I'm, I'm happy to do it there you go my god okay it's happening everybody stay calm what's the procedure everyone what's the procedure what's going on Holy crap, I am freaking out. The new variant. So there's always going to be a new variant. The stealth variant. That's how I've seen it described in multiple uh, places. It's a sub-variant. They have found a sublineage of the highly transmissible Omicron variant, the BA.2 variant, now under investigation. It could be spreading faster than original Omicron and lead to even more COVID-19 cases. Except the problem is, they quote Dr. Eric Feigelding. You don't know uh, uh, Dr. Feigelding. I, I think I'm pronouncing the name correctly. And I don't question the fact that he's an epidemiologist. I question the fact that he is one of the worst people in the world on social media, a proud progressive. And when you quote him, I have issues. But am I supposed to listen to him as a doctor because he can say, okay, here's what we know, or like, here's the breakdown. I don't know if I would trust him on what he knows. There are two cases of this variant in Washington State. There's a great example. If he's a doctor, I'm supposed to trust him, right? But everything he does on social media makes me say, no, not so much. And his social media is just a, just a hateful, hateful screed. Couldn't even tell you whether or not he's engaged in proper science. 
So, you know, and I say, okay, I'll go to an, I'll go to another source. Another source, if it's really an issue, we'll get a lot of the same data. Two cases of this subvariant of Omicron were detected, detected in Washington state. The stealth Omicron, as they're calling it. United Kingdom health authorities declared it a variant under investigation, saying, quote, there is still uncertainty around the significance of the changes to the viral genome. We're, of course, asking how many mutations it has. Then we'll be asking the question, well, is it more deadly than Omicron? Is it deadly at all and in any way? Is it? Then, of course, we'll say, well, what about if I've been vaccinated? Does the vaccine do anything against the stealth Omicron? A lot of fear porn in that. There's been a lot of COVID fear porn. There seems to be no end in sight for the COVID fear porn. People want you to be afraid. And then they want you to know, and this is very, very important, uh, you as, as a parent... No say in your kid's health. No, no, no. We should only listen to the public health officials. Thank you. On schools in Virginia, seven districts representing 350,000 students are suing the state. They're hoping to get a strict mask mandate for students that has been rolled back by the new governor, reinstated. So who does the president think knows best for students, school board members or parents? Well, the par- the, the president believes that uh public health officials have the best guidance on what we can all do to protect ourselves. So best of luck if you don't agree with that, right? Best of luck. You got to you got to agree with the uh, the public health officials. I mean the same people who are still pushing the idea of masks and somehow masks are a are a valuable idea. That masks stop COVID in schools? Well, they don't have any other mitigation things they can do, so masks are the way to do it. No. No, they're no no they're not. No, they're not. Cloth masks don't do anything. Masks worn improperly don't do anything. We know this. We know this and we have seen this. See, I had to search for a COVID story. And of course the new COVID story is new COVID. It's like new Coke. People still don't want it, but it just keeps coming out with new variations. There are times where we go through a news cycle, guys, and it's just media rehashing the same story in 27 different ways. And then there's the past week where we have just been on actual news time and again and again and again. What's happening in Ukraine is real. Inflation is real. Illegal immigrants being just released to the United States willy-nilly. And the types, real. COVID is real. But the story is, of course, the, the, the fear porn and the fear mongering. No idea where you're supposed to start first with that. So I gave it all to you. Jen Psaki, she's going to have a press briefing. I wonder if she's going to start by apologizing to Peter Ducey. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Counts. So Jen Psaki is two questions into the press briefing, and no one's brought up Peter Ducey yet, and Joe Biden referring to him as a son of a bitch. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. She's answered questions about Ukraine and, and questions about COVID. 
And and now I think she's answering question two and getting ready for question three. Antivirals. We have provided 71,000 doses of antivirals to Florida, including 34,000 additional treatments that do work against Omicron. Just this last week, I'm sorry, about of a range of those treatments, I should say, to be clear. What the FDA is making clear is that these treatments, the ones that they are fighting over, that the governor is fighting over, do not work against Omicron, and they have side effects. That is what the scientists are saying. We have sent them 71,000 doses of treatments that are effective against Omicron and are effective also against Delta. Uh, And they are still advocating uh, for treatments that don't work. Uh, We've seen, unfortunately, from the beginning uh, in our pandemic response, a range of steps or pushes that have been made through social media platforms, unfortunately, from the mouths of elected officials uh, and the advocating for things that don't work, even when we know things do work, injecting disinfectant, promoting other pseudoscience, sowing doubt on the effectiveness of vaccines and boosters, and now promoting treatments that don't work. We know it works, vaccines and boosters. We have a range of doses of things that do work in treatments, and we're providing those to Florida. Go ahead. Jen, uh, the president said last night that there is total unanimity with all of the European leaders on Russia. How can he say that when Germany, for example, uh, has been so outspoken against even providing arms to Ukraine? Well, I think what the president's speaking to is a united agreement uh, among our NATO partners, including Germany, about the fact that there will be severe consequences, severe economic consequences, should they invade. Uh, as our national security advisor and our secretary of state have said, uh, that doesn't happen. That unity doesn't happen uh, on its own. It's required a lot of work. It also means that actions may not be identical, but we will be unified and they will be strong and severe. I'll also note that the Germans, and we expect the chancellor to come here in February, and hopefully we'll have more specifics on that uh, soon, has also been uh, vocal about this uh, and about the severity of, of a response that would that would take place as should Russia invade. And how is the U.S. uh, currently assessing the risk of a Russian cyber attack on the U.S. homeland, and what is it doing to prepare for it? I don't have any uh, intelligence that I'm going to read out from here. As I, and think I think she'd be right not to read out any intelligence. You don't have to let the enemy know what it is that you're planning on doing. But let's go back to this thing about Omicron. We've determined what is and isn't acceptable. We've determined what will or won't work. And the F- Florida somehow wants something that isn't effective. With the amount that this administration has lied about how Florida is doing with COVID, am I to believe this? If there's been a holdup on monoclonal antibodies, somebody has to answer for that. Because if a doctor wants to prescribe them and isn't able to do so, if a doctor wants to provide them and isn't able to do so, that's simply wrong. And is the administration now getting in the way of of not allowing that to happen? That's a serious, serious issue. A serious claim and could be a serious allegation. One that has to be addressed. Back to Jen Psaki. Do we dare? Do we dare? We dare. Go ahead. As it relates to the 8,500 American troops who have been um, put in a heightened state of readiness mm-hmm. in preparation to go there, has the president or has the White House heard from our allies, NATO allies, about the expectation or desire for any unilateral American troops to go to that region? Well, the announcement was made, as you know, Peter, to be a part of a NATO force, right? And so all of these consultations that have been happening over the last several days with our European partners and NATO partners has been about that. 
8,500 service members, troops who are at the ready. Uh, and the decision about whether they would be deployed uh, would be made in coordination with our NATO partners and allies, including any additional discussions or requests outside of that. I would point you to the Pentagon. I don't have anything to assess for you. There's no, to, to the best of your knowledge right now, that's the President's intention to work exclusively via NATO to not send any troops unilaterally in any form. Well, again, we're working through NATO to plus up support in our eastern flank countries. That is what NATO is there for, and we're committed to uh, the sanctity of that alliance. Uh, just to be clear, there is no intention or interest or desire by the president to send troops to Ukraine. NATO is a forum to support our eastern flank partners and countries, and that's what the focus has been on. And given the change state of readiness for that 8,500 troops that could go as part of this response force in conjunction with NATO, when should we expect to hear from the president of the United States about the situation? as it relates to Russia, Ukraine, in the form of some public remarks to Americans about whatever sacrifices that might take in terms of the U.S. men and women going there and the like, and anything beyond that. Well, I don't have anything to predict in terms of uh, public speech. Obviously, he gave a two-hour press conference last, just a few days ago, where he answered a number of questions on Russia and Ukraine, and we'll continue to do that. Uh, but right now, a lot of our focus and his focus is on uh, diplomacy, is on engaging uh, with leaders, is on uh, having conversations with members of his national security team. And then lastly, very quickly, the, the French president obviously has expressed a desire for the EU to be working sort of as the leader on this, as opposed to NATO leading the charges, the relationship goes to Russia and the negotiations go. Would the U.S. be comfortable with the EU leading those direct conversations as opposed to NATO being the lead? Well, there are a range of formats and forums that uh have been ongoing, right, uh, including conversations through NATO, including conversations through the OSCE. I know that there are conversations that are happening uh, uh, through the Normandy format that are happening today in Paris, and we certainly support international efforts that, that take place in a range of forums. Obviously, NATO is a forum that uh, we work with and coordinate with our partners as it relates to uh, military. I think the bigger question here, Peter Alexander was asking that question from NBC, I think the bigger question here is, are there any leaders who actually believe that the United States is prepared to lead? Amongst the world leaders that we would consider friends, let's call them NATO nations, who has faith in Joe Biden? Just hours after being apprehended at the southern border. Well, I'm not sure the specific. This is the question Peter Ducey is asking about what's going uh, on at the southern border and what our policy is and how those we're men being released. That we continue to I'll let you know if there's an apology. Uh, if you didn't hear what Biden said, I will share it with you. Title 42. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. flexibility in existing contracts and storage is managed and enables diversion to Europe. So we are, of course, preparing, as we are in a lot of other areas, a range of contingencies um, should there be a disruption for a range of reasons to natural gas. I would also note that natural gas markets are very regional by nature, uh, given constraints on how much can be exported. So any reduction in Russian exports of natural gas to Europe would have a minimal impact on U.S. prices. That's what our anticipation would be which is not a dumb thing for her to make mention of. That's Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary, engaging in the White House Press Briefing. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That is the number.
Peter Ducey asked his questions, and there was no apology. There was no apology from the White House press secretary regarding Joe Biden. He's the president of the United States, uh, don't you know, doing this. Prediction of what decision President Putin will make. We're still. I don't need to hear her anymore. What a thing to say about Peter Ducey. What a stupid son of a bitch. Because you disagreed or didn't like a question. No one cares if you like the question. Let's deal with us deciding whether we think a question is smart or not. We've heard questions from Republicans we think are dumb or conservatives we think are dumb, just like we've heard from liberals we think are dumb. How many questions have I heard from Yamit Cinder that I think are just ridiculous and pathetic and nonsensical and just absolute garbage? Garbage. So, of course, that's up to us to decide. That is 100% for us to make the call on. But the president is going to call you names? As we know, because we have been discussing this for a long time, Joe Biden's not a nice guy. Joe Biden's a jerk. Joe Biden's a progressive. Joe Biden is nasty. He's an angry old man screaming at the clouds and yelling, get off my lawn at the same time. Let's be clear. He was wrong in what he said to Peter Ducey. This is the second time he has referred to a question as stupid. He did the same thing to Jackie Heinrich. No apology given to Jackie Heinrich of Fox News. And in the apology, Biden's point was, eh, nothing personal, pal. Pal. Who talks like that? Is this the, is this the folksy Joe Biden? No, nah, Joe Biden's a nasty dude. Joe Biden is a nasty, nasty dude. What's nastier are the people who think that this is totally fine. They told us that Trump was the enemy. We had to get rid of Trump's mean tweets. The way Trump was treating reporters was a threat to democracy. Yet the same thing just happened, and none of those people are saying it. As a matter of fact, they're doubling down. Lisa Ling was on The View, and she's criticizing Joe Biden, and they went crazy. They went absolutely nuts. I mean, this is this is something special. I should apologize to the American people. No, I don't think you should apologize to the American people. Did Trump apologize no, but for, it, but for it, calling Tim uh, I mean, Acosta a rude, terrible person? No, Abby I, I Phillips' think, questions I think are just, stupid, etc. Even Cecilia but, Vega, he yeah. said you never think. But I think what Lisa's saying is him, because it, it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I was a poor example to Ducey on the phone. But I just think he should acknowledge that he was a poor example for... Well, but no, I'm sorry. Yeah. He should acknowledge he's human because that happens sometimes when people ask you endless stupid questions from one particular place. Uh, and sometimes you just lose it for a second. See that? Peter Ducey was asking for it. Whoopi Goldberg just said that Peter Ducey's skirt was too short. 
God. Lisa Ling is having the rational conversation. If you told us it was wrong, you should apologize for saying so because you still want to be a leader of the nation. And you know what? Uh, Whoopi and Joy Behar are saying, no, 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 don't have to apologize. It also lets you know that this whole idea of unifying the country is hot garbage. That was never the plan, never the desire. Uh, Joe Biden said unifying the country is in my whole soul. No, it is not. And certainly, 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 certainly is not in the soul of the ladies on The View. You see, when you get asked endless questions from one particular place, it's okay for you to lose decorum. I thought we said decorum mattered. But now it doesn't matter. So okay, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it's no big deal. If it's from a certain place, right? That's what we're saying here. That's what we're putting forth here. Lisa Ling is right. And these people are horrifically wrong. But it's not the only thing going on today. Of course, as I brought up from Jen Psaki, this whole thing about the monoclonal antibodies and how they're being withheld, it's a real issue. Secondly, the FDA yesterday withdrew the EUA for some monoclonal antibody treatments because they don't work against Omicron. But Florida continues to push for the treatment for people in the state. What's your response to Governor Santos, and what's your message to the people of Florida? Well, let's just take a step back here just to realize how crazy this is a little bit. Um, We've approached uh, COVID treatments like filling a medicine cabinet. We're not relying on one type, one brand, or treatment. We invested in and continue to buy a variety across monoclonal antibodies, pre-exposure prevention therapies, and oral antivirals. We have provided 71,000 doses of antivirals to Florida, including 34,000 additional treatments that do work against Omicron just this last week. I'm sorry, about of a range of those treatments, I should say, to be clear. What the FDA is making clear is that these treatments, the ones that they are fighting over, that the governor is fighting over, do not work against Omicron, and they have side effects. That is what the scientists are saying. We have sent them 71,000 doses of treatments that are effective against Omicron and are effective also against Delta. Uh, And they are still advocating uh, for treatments that don't work. Uh, We've seen, unfortunately, from the beginning uh, in our pandemic response a range of steps or pushes that have been made through social media platforms unfortunately from the mouths of elected officials uh, and the advocating for things that don't work even when we know things do work injecting disinfectant promoting other pseudoscience sowing doubt on the effectiveness of injecting disinfectant is a jab on trump and it's a lie and that's why jen saki is so awful but the idea of does not work The federal government is going to decide for doctors what does not work. And so we understand what's going on. COVID-19 antibody drugs from from Regeneron and Eli Lilly should no longer be used because they don't work against Omicron, according to U.S. health regulators. So the FDA said it was revoking emergency authorization for both drugs purchased by the federal government administered to Americans with COVID-19. If the drugs prove effective against future variants, the FDA said it could reauthorize their use. Here's the problem. Two weeks ago, the lead variant in New Jersey, Delta. 
I think it was the lead variant in Indiana as well, my beloved uh, Indiana. So why would you stop those people from getting it? It doesn't work against Omicron? I'm supposed to now believe the CDC, they've got the studies that show that the booster works against Omicron. It wasn't built for Omicron. How is it working? It's off-label at that point. It's now got health effects against Omicron, but no ill effects if you just take it when you're dealing with Delta or SARS-CoV-2? Very, very strange stuff. Very, very strange stuff. This this push. No, no, no. That's the thing that you can't have. You can have all the other things. Yeah, but I don't want the other things. My doctor wants me to have this thing. Well, you can't have that thing. Fauci, he's very, very okay with this. To go along and not be disrupted in society. Doctor, the FDA revoked the emergency use authorization for Regeneron and Eli Lilly COVID-19 antibody treatments, saying they're unlikely to work against Omicron. After the decision, Florida announced it's closing its monoclonal antibody sites. Talk to us about that decision. What about people who, who have COVID but, but not Omicron? Well, if you look in the United States, about 99% of the isolates are Omicron. So it would be extremely unusual for someone to still have a lingering Delta infection right now. I think a month or two ago, that was different when Omicron was replacing Delta. But now if you look at the isolate throughout the country, the very, very high, I mean, literally close to 100% of the isolates now are Omicron. And that's the reason why the FDA made that decision, since these two monoclonal antibodies don't work against Omicron, that it would not be a good idea to administer to anyone because all you'll have is the risk. Wouldn't that be up to the doctor, though? Hold on. Let's take a step back. Walk us through the primrose path. Let's get to it. The argument is, is that the monoclonal antibody doesn't work against Omicron, the variant. Okay. But clearly, based on the statements of Dr. Fauci, a man who lies for a living, but somehow we're supposed to still believe him. When I say lies for a living, uh, come on. His back and forth, his inability to answer questions properly, his ability to confuse people, this has been the work of somebody who loves a camera and doesn't care about what he says on camera. I'm not a fan, to say the least, but I'm trying to follow his logic. Regeneron, the monoclonal antibodies from Regeneron and, and Eli Lilly, they don't work against the Omicron variant. That's what we are now told. But And, and now you, you hear a step forward that the Omicron variant makes up virtually everything that we're seeing right now in America. Virtually everything is not everything. So just from there, why would you deny people life-saving treatments? Doesn't make sense that you would drop it from the marketplace. It doesn't make sense that now it's not okay. When there are people who could still be using it for the thing it was designed for. You can make the argument, show us with data, that it doesn't work off-label, it doesn't work for Omicron. 
But a doctor could still prescribe it and say, give it a shot. Wouldn't that be up to the doctor? So you still have people who have Delta. You've now told them they can't have this life-saving treatment. Then you've told people who want to try things, nope, you're not allowed to try these things. You can only try those things. Yeah, I know what those things are. I want to try that thing because that thing has worked on those people. Oh, but that thing won't work on you. Show me the data. And someone could still decide, hey, you know what? I want to try it. And a doctor could still decide, hey, you know what? It's not really for this, but I, 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 I like giving it to you. So, so here, take it. I don't think that's mismanagement from a doctor. I don't think that's abusive from a doctor. I think that's some of the most rational stuff in the world from a doctor. What kind of thing is this? What What is it that we're watching and witnessing here? You know, I talk about the, the, the fear porn of COVID. Here it is. Here it is. We, we, we look at, at our situation and we should be saying throw everything at it and get back to life. They're saying, no, don't throw, any, throw everything at it. And as for getting back to life, well, not yet. Turning the variants that keep challenging us. So is it that COVID is here to stay and we're just going to have to live with it? Well, you know, when you think about outbreaks of viral illnesses, you know, you have a pandemic and then it decelerates. You can get a degree of control. You might be able to eliminate it or you could even eradicate it. I don't think there's a chance that we're going to eradicate this. We've only done that with one virus, and that's been smallpox. Through very important and effective vaccine campaigns from this country, we've eliminated polio and we've eliminated measles, except for an intermittent outbreak in under-vaccinated populations. So what I think we're going to be able to see is not eradication or elimination, but a level of control that's low enough that it really gets integrated into the regular type of viral infections that we tend to deal with. Parainfluenza, flu, respiratory syncytial virus. If we can get COVID down at that level where it doesn't really challenge us and threaten us from a public health standpoint, that would be an acceptable, quote, living with the virus. But not at the level we are right now, because we still have 150,000 hospitalizations, 2,000 deaths, and about 700,000 infections. That's too high a level to accept to be living with. We get it way, way, way lower than that. Then I think it would be acceptable to go along and not be disrupted in society. That's great. The rest of us decided to live with this thing a year ago. We do it your way, our kids are in masks forever, and we all suffer. You would keep our kids in masks for forever. Of course you would. By the way, this is how America sees you, Dr. Fauci. This is how they see the fear mongers. We're living with this thing. The only person who isn't is you. And then telling MSNBC that you can't until it's down to what level? This is why I do less and less COVID talk, because it is maddening. It is maddening. COVID's real. Omicron's real. This new uh, variant on a variant, the sub-variant, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it ends up being. 
But denying people the opportunity to try something that they were able to try yesterday is nuts and deranged and makes you look deranged. As if Dr. Fauci needed more opportunities to look deranged. I'm Tony Katz. There are people already losing their minds about this putting an end to monoclonal antibodies and this claim that Omicron's taken over, so nobody needs it anymore. It's, um... Ooh, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of days, to say the least. Meanwhile, Neil Young has made his threats. And John Bachman from Newsmax... Media responses to attacks on media. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz.